Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, but also getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. You can find the link to our playlist in the show notes. Welcome to episode 110. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is Rom Defoe. The soul-based British musician and producer recently released his second studio record, Please Reconnect Controller. In today's episode, we're speaking with Rom about the new record, working with artists across Asia, and the production technique of the Neptunes. Here we go. Our guest today is an incredible musician and producer from Birmingham in the UK. He's now based in Seoul, South Korea, and has recently released his gorgeous second studio record, entitled Please Reconnect Controller. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Ramel Donald, a.k.a. Romdeful. Hello. Hey, thank you for having me on the show. My absolute pleasure. Thank you for, for being on the show. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> we, uh, we have you on the show today for um, your brand new record, which is called Please, I want to say it correctly because there is a question mark. And so is it Please <laughs> Connect Controller? Um, like the whole album's just a very kind of big, like you decide how you feel at the end kind of thing. So I call it a <laughs> controller, kind of like, hmm, do, do you want to reconnect your controller or do you want to keep living in the game world? You know, that's completely up to you. I like the fact that you've allowed the the ability to have that question mark at the end and to make it in, uh, allowed to be interpreted however which way uh, the the people want it. Ah, definitely. I found it was just more fun that way. Like, I feel like a lot of albums just kind of, like, play through now. Like, they they can be whatever, you know, they they can be a really short album. They could be a long album. They could just be an album full of songs trying to be hits. But, like, mine was just like, hmm, you decide how you feel. (laughs) It is a, um, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous record. And I have to say, like, there's something about, and this is not, disparaging any other previous guests, whatever else that we've had. Um, I think there's always something really magical about music that subverts your expectations and that kind of takes you out of like a, a safe place almost. And, um, and makes you really kind of stand on, like stand up and, and listen to what's going on. And I very much got that with this album. Thank you so much. That means a lot. No, of course it, um, what was it? I think, one of the main examples was with uh, Aliens at the start where it kind of like comes in and then when the volume fades out but then comes back in, I honestly thought that my um, my speakers had broken for a second and then 
<laughs> when I realized that it was the, like the production, I was like, okay, this is very cool. This is, this is awesome. Um, for you, what makes production, like what makes interesting production for you? Um, for me, I'm just like, for a lot of people who do know my production and just the way I talk about music, I'm really, really into like chords and especially like a lot of, I wouldn't say entirely complex drum work, but kind of like complex drum work in a way that like the instruments themselves can tell a story before I've even started to like sing anything. Um, for the most people that know my background mainly is that I'm a producer and instrumentalist. I only started making my own songs like around um, a year or two ago. So it hasn't been that long just cause I felt like I could add an additional layer to like the story that I was always trying to tell my instruments. Um, so that's what it is to me, for sure. When you first kind of came to your own music, what was the approach of, um, I guess, were you thinking like there's something that I want to say or something that I want to get out? Or was it just that I can, you know what, I've done this previously, I can do this in my own kind of fashion? I think it's more like um, I'm so used to producing for other people when I'm in the studio with other people and, you know, sometimes they're writing lyrics or they're trying to write melodies and, you know, they, they don't really know what to do sometimes and they feel like they want some help. And they'll be like, oh, do you have any ideas? And I'll be like, yeah, I, I do actually. <laughs> and then, like, I'll, you know, I'd go and cut like a random demo or like, just stack some harmonies for somebody or, you know, write a melody for somebody, write a little word, a, a little sentence, sorry. And then it got to the point where like people were like, "Oh, you should maybe, you should maybe try doing that. Like you're pretty good." And I was like, "Really?" It was I was I just thought I was you know just lending a hand, like trying to help you out. And then um, it was during like coronavirus times, during everybody's lockdown, where I just kind of really sat down and then you know I started making these videos of me like just you know clothing myself fifty times and just randomly singing and stuff like that. I was like, "Let's just see how well these are perceived." Um. And those just started to randomly blow up, and I was like, oh, I guess people people do like that. I was like, maybe I should see how well I can do if I drop, drop like, a random project or something. Um, it wasn't until I did that, that Windows XP song, the, the Message Me one, where I, I was like, oh, so I can literally make a song about Windows XP and then go pretty <laughs> viral from that. And I was like, well, I can I can really do what I want here. I can really make my own universe, and as long as I'm being true to myself, it seems to do pretty well. And um, then Ice Cream Clones came out, and then that was kind of when I was like, I think I'm just gonna like just fully go into the just being a producer artist, whereas you know I can just be either side of the penny. Like I can be the producer, I can be the singer, or I can just do both. Um, and so far, it's made my journey like way more fun than just making beats for people, which I actually really do enjoy. Uh, I'm not the best singer in the world, but I feel like I have the most unique idea for my own beats because, like, I, I'm there when I'm making them. I know what the idea is. I know what I would have heard on my beats vocally in my head before I've given it to somebody else. Um, so I feel like that gives me the chance to just kind of experiment with my sound a lot more. And I feel like this, compared to my last project, does sound very, very more, like, unique, very, very more kind of, like, full and... Yeah. That's a very solid answer. <laughs> yeah. it, um, the, as you mentioned, like there's the, the Windows XP song, uh, the, and this album touches on gaming quite a bit. Have you found that you are able to kind of carve your own niche in terms of, 
even like 10, 15 years ago, I feel like music about uh, gaming might have come across as somewhat of a novelty, but I feel like these days that is just completely gone, that it is, uh, it's almost like a genre of music itself now. Yeah, um, I actually really do enjoy that because I feel like before like, I was always kind of labelled as like an R&B producer or something like that and I feel like I always had to stick in this category of just making kind of R&B-ish music. Um, and now I feel like, and like you said, 10, 15 years ago, I feel like you would either just have to make an R&B song about love or make a hip-hop song about being a gangster or something like that or make a rock <laughs> song about like like defying the system and being a rebel. And like now you can just... <laughs> Now you can just be somebody who has R&B characteristics making songs about Windows XP and MSN whilst eating ice cream and talking about Minecraft or memory cards or whatever. <laughs> and for some for some reason, people seem to relate to that. And it's like, oh, there's literally something for everybody now, which I think is really beautiful. Yeah, 100%. Has the, um, have you found... I imagine that would be good. I can't see why it wouldn't be, but have you found like that the gaming community has kind of like welcomed you with open arms? Even that too. Uh, I feel like the gaming community, I'm not sure if you're much of a gamer yourself or if you ever played games back in the day, but like gaming online for the first time and like, you know, Xbox 360, PlayStation three days, uh, pretty, pretty brutal online. You know, if you had a headset <laughs> and you would hear people like going crazy, cursing all the time, you'd kind of be like, this doesn't really feel like a welcome community, but it's kind of fun, <laughs> but kind of not fun sometimes. Um, I feel like in comparison to those days, it's a lot more nice, uh, to, a lot more nice to try and get in these kind of communities now. Um, I feel like I've even just established like a small community within my own fan base of people who just like retro video games. Like I have fans that message me all the time on Twitter or Instagram and we just geek over GameCube games or PlayStation 2 <laughs> games. You know, we, we just speak for hours. I made a Discord where Sumo and me and my fans were speaking for like three or four hours about 2000s video games, newer video games, Nintendo Switch. And we all just game together and stuff like that. And I feel like, oh, that all came from music and now I'm playing games with people. That's really cool. Uh, so, yeah, I feel like it's definitely a lot more welcoming now. That is very, very cool. Do you, um, what is it? There's a platform. Say I'm not much of a gamer. My brother is, but, um, I'm less so. Is it Twitch that you can kind of like create a community on as well and play with? Yeah. Are you across that one? Um, I was on Twitch last year for about like half a year, but like it was mainly music related. So I'd go on Twitch and, you know, just make beats, um, answer people's questions whilst I was making music and just, you know, just do a bunch of random things. Like I'd be like, drop me a random sample in the Discord and I'll see what I can make of it. Uh, like that kind of thing for like two hours every single Every two or three days or so, I'd come on for like two or three hours and just yeah make music, show unreleased ideas. Um, there was even some really, really early versions of the songs on my album that I showed at some point where I was just like, oh, I had this idea. There's only drums and chords at the moment. Don't really know how to expand on it, but I probably will at some point. Um, I still remember one of those beats being Skydive, actually. like It was just a really, really basic version with the drums and the chords, and everyone was like, this one has to make the album. Then I remember like three months <laughs> later, it came on to Twitch and people were like, are you still going to use that Skydive song? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know how to use this. Like this song, <laughs> this song is too busy. I don't think it's going to work for anybody. <laughs> and then I remember like everyone was asking me like, please tell me you've used that beat on the album. I was like, Oh no, I don't think I am. And then, <laughs> and then the album comes out and I'm like, yeah, well, I got Fante on it. It's pretty cool. 
So like, just little things like that, just sharing little secrets and having fun. Twitch is great. That's very cool. I um I have heard very good things about it and that it is like a a more friendly, I guess, community and that it can be used for for bands and artists. But yeah, just I'm not very good at games. I don't I n I didn't pick that skill up. Um unfortunately. I That's okay. <laughs> I feel like I lost a skill personally. I used to be really good at games, but now I just kinda of play it for like visual enjoyment or social enjoyment, but like not because I'm good at them. That's probably yeah, much better approach. <laughs> yeah. The um the new album has quite um quite a few collaborations or like guest stars on there and it is a varied list. We've got um Matt Martians Matt Martians from the internet. Yeah. I think uh got Stephen from Australia. Uh, how do you approach your collaborations and like, how do you, is it just that they've reached out to you, you've reached out to them or is it kind of like different for each track? Um, it was different for a bunch of them. Uh, Matt Martians, for example, he was, he was pretty much like my mentor last year. Um, I was posting those clone videos on Twitter and then the internet seemed to have got wind of the videos I was doing and they just reached out and, like kind of lended the hand almost. Um, then me and Matt Marshall started speaking. We had met a few times when he came to London last year. And um, the whole time when I was working on the album, he was being just like a big brother to me. Where I'd like, there was, there was multiple times where I'm like, I'm not releasing this. This is trash. It's not going to work out. People aren't going to like this. It's weird. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm kind of confused. And he'd give me like a lot of help for the device, you know, give me a lot of reassurance, tell me not to give up. And like, he, he really believes in me and my music a lot, which meant a lot from, you know, somebody from the internet because they're one of my favorite groups of all time. So I was just like, oh, wow, like you guys are really telling me to keep going on. I'm like, yeah, I'm like oh, OK, that maybe I should keep like, trying and like, you know, not give up with it so easily. Um, and more than anything, he was just a really good friend to me throughout the process. Um same, th pretty much exactly the same thing with Fonte as well. Just randomly reached out to me on Twitter. This wasn't even to do with the album, by the way. Like either one of them, it was just like they were just reaching out to say they like my music, and I was like, "Wow, I like your music too." Um, <laughs> so like, I, I always like things to grow really organically. I don't like to just be like, "Hey, let's let's work." Like I love to just kind of form some kind of relationship where we can talk about anything, not just music related things. Um, so the majority of the people on the album was like that. And then there were some who have just been friends with forever, like Kay Faraway on Mesmerized. Um, he's been one of my best friends since I was 13. So like me and him has been making music for like quite a while, um, even though he only debuted like two years ago. And then uh, me and Xavier Omar, we've been speaking since I was on Soul Election. Um, Nana Be Cool, me and him was at like Amore's writing camp in Gran Canaria like three years ago and we became friends. Um... So just stuff like that. Pyra, I didn't know who she was until my manager introduced me to her um, and her management. And then after they introduced us, then we just started speaking on our own and we formed our own relationship. Uh, but we do talk on a pretty regular basis and she's really cool. Um, same Stephen, actually. Like, I actually didn't know who Stephen was until maybe the middle of last year, maybe the end of last year or something. My manager's like, I made this one track and I was like, I'm not sure who this is for, but like, I don't feel like I have to be entirely on this one. I feel like I need someone else to be the main on this one and I'm going to be the background to them. And he was like, have you heard of this guy called Steven? And I'm like, never heard of him. So he connects <laughs> us on like email and Instagram and stuff like that. Then I follow Steven on Instagram. He's like, oh my God, I've been a fan of you for like six years. And then I was like, oh, 
<laughs> I was like, hey. I was like, yeah, my manager just told me about you and you're really cool. And then like, I sent him the track, we started speaking. And now me and Steven just send each other memes in the DMs all the time. And we just always <laughs> laugh at the same stupid things. And I, I'm just really, really big on like growing organic relationships to make music. I don't really like the, hey, you guys should make music. You guys sound good together. And then there's just nothing between us. Because then the music becomes like really inauthentic. I just want it to like feel as natural as possible. Like as if we had the good relationship before the song became a song or whatever. Um, and after the song is a song. So yeah, that, that's pretty much how all my collaborations have always worked ever since I started collaborating with people in general. I think there's something to be said for making that connection before you collaborate and actually having like a foundation to, to build on because, um, Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals. You can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Like using your album as an example, all of those songs do sound organic in the sense of nothing sounds forced. It does sound like it works. Um, what's the word? that like all the artists that are involved in a certain track are kind of meant to be there. There's nothing that feels like it's just been like cut and paste or inserted in randomly, mm. um, which is really cool. There's a few other guests on the artist. I think I'm going to say, and I might mispronounce them. So I apologize. Um, actually for those who are listening to the podcast, you are originally, I've got it here. You're originally from Birmingham in the UK, but at the moment you're based in South Korea. I am. Yes. Yes. Um, there's a few uh, artists and collaborations on the album that are from like the, the Asia region, including Syrup and Ramen Girl. I might be mispronouncing that second one. Um, That's right. Uh, 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 have you like found collaborators while you've been in South Korea? And was there like an importance to you to be able to possibly bridge? artists that the Western world might not know with some, some artists that are yeah in, in those regions. Um, yeah. Like th that's pretty much why I moved out here actually uh, from when I first came to Korea in 2016. And at the time, like um, I wasn't aware of anything to do with the music out in Asia at all. Um, so then when, you know, a lot of people in Korea or in the Asian music scene, they know about an artist called Dean Um which his team are the one who brought me out to Korea for the first time, like his group. And at the time I had no idea who Dean was. So I'm going to Korea and I'm meeting like him and I'm meeting um, Tableau from Epic High. 
and like all the like these big Korean artists, and I have no idea who any of these people are. <laughs> so they're like people they're taking selfies with me and posting me on Instagram and stuff, and I'm having like all of these crazy people, hit, like crazy amounts of people, hit me up saying like, "Wow, you're on Tableau's Instagram. How do you know him? How do you know Dean?" I'm like, "Who?" I was, like, oh, I, was, I was like, "Those dudes who picked me up from the airport." I was like, "Yeah, they're really nice." I was like, "They're cool." People like, do you know how famous they are? I'm like, are they? I was like, we're just eating chicken on the floor together. Like, we're just, we're just chilling. Like, they're just really cool. Um, and then because of that, like, um, that gave me a lot of traction in Asia from like meeting a lot of these people and like making music with them. Um, especially when they made a song with Dean for my last album, that got me a lot of recognition in Korea to the point where I could pretty much work with a lot of people out here. Then after that, I met Crush and, um, CK, DPR Live, and like just a bunch of like really big Korean acts. And then that gave me an interest in the Korean underground scene in which I've just been working with different artists like every other week since I've been in Korea. So I've got like loads of different singles and EPs coming up with like a lot of artists from um, from Korea, a lot of artists from Japan, uh, some from the Philippines, um, some from Taiwan. And it's just kind of crazy that like I can just make music enough to be heard in all these different areas of the world to where different artists want to work with me. Even if the song isn't in English, um, I just think that's really cool. Like even for example, like my first time, like you said, um, getting really, really popular in Japan was just, I produced three songs for Syrup. And then one of those songs went number one on the charts in Japan. And then like, it was on a Peugeot ad and it was on like a YouTube premium ad. And I was like, Oh, this song's really, really blowing up and it got like over 1.7 million in like two or three weeks on YouTube. And I was like, wow, this is really, really cool. Then I'm having my friends from the UK and America hit me up like, yo, that syrup guy, I have no idea what he's saying, but his music's really cool. <laughs> and um, and then the same with me collaborating with like Korean artists and I did a song with Punchinello and Woogie. And I did that background harmonies for a guy called Loco on AOMG. And again, people were like, oh, this sounds really beautiful. I don't know what they're saying, but I like the vibe. And I just think that's really cool that like people who never listen to like like music out in Asia in general are now going to like look for these people and listen to their music on their own. And I'm like, I'm happy I could be the one that kind of introduced the vice versa. And um, just the same way that like some of my friends in Korea haven't heard a bunch of like UK music or like some of my friends who are collaborators. And I'm like, oh, you should probably listen to them. You probably might like their music. And then yeah it's just really cool i feel like there's um and this is going like much further out on like a more like broader scale but i feel like that the world in the last few years is starting to kind of recognize um like k-pop is massive like and blackpink and bts are obviously big kind of examples of that but there are from my understanding lots of smaller sub genres and just like normal genres that do have a lot of really interesting artists as well. So it's kind of cool to, yeah, to, as you said, be able to have that platform to, you know, bridge, bridge a gap almost. The, um, the record, as we've touched on, uh, that comes from a love of video games. I feel like for a man in your position where you're a creative, you're kind of um, making all these different things. Has there ever been the discussion of a wonderful uh, video game? Um, there, there has with a lot of my fans, especially because I've always, in, I've always like um, talked about being interested in making video game soundtracks or like soundtracks for cartoons and movies and stuff like that. 
And then um, I have found myself randomly in the past couple months, and I don't even know where this interest has come from, but I'm like, I'm going to learn to code. I'm going to learn C or C++ or something so I can start <laughs> learning to code my own video game. And then I'm kind of like, why would I do that myself? And I'm talking to, like, the other cool thing is I had loads of fans who reached out who are coders, like people who um, work on, like, code for Apple for, like, Logic or people who do work in video games, like independent developers. They're like, oh, we'll teach you how to code so you can make a basic video <laughs> game. And I'm like, I'm like, really? And it's like, what can I do for you in return? Can I, can I show you how to make music or something? Can I, can I send you money? They're like, no, we love your music. We'll help you out. And I'm like... Oh, cool! I could maybe actually do this until I realized how long it takes you to actually learn how to code, and I'm like, okay, I'm probably not going to achieve that one by myself. <laughs> um, so I have spoken to other people about like how possible would it be to just make something really small, like a really good music or something like that. Um, that is something I definitely want to achieve at some point in my life, like not directly like a wonderful related video game, like a video game about me, but like just a video game with a good story and a really, really good soundtrack and like really, really good music and stuff like that. Uh, definitely at some point in my life, either that or a cartoon for sure. That, that would be cool. Do you have a, um, like a favorite or like a top two or three video game soundtracks? Uh, Final Fantasy seven soundtrack, just because it sounds really beautiful and it's a very expressive um, even for something that came out in like 1997, uh, Super Mario Sunshine, uh, which is also one of my favorite games from GameCube 2002. Um, the soundtrack on that literally just sounds like sunshine. <laughs> it sounds like being outside. <laughs> it sounds really colorful. It sounds really beautiful. Uh, Gran Turismo three, or just the Gran Turismo, Gran Turismo series in general, uh, crazy jazz kind of like jazz bands, just like, jamming it out for like 10 15 minutes per song for all the different areas of the game um really really diverse soundtrack but the chords in there are like really really pretty and crazy they're pretty crazy chords and i feel like that actually kind of contributed to me wanting to learn chords as crazy as that because of those video games when i was little like sometimes i'll just go into like the garage after i collected a few cars and i would just sit there for five minutes just like Whoa. <laughs> I, was like, I, was like, I want to learn whatever that is like that's fire um, so yeah, I'd say like probably these three three video games have had the largest impact on me. That's very cool. Uh, the other, and I'm hope, hoping I've done my research correctly. I think the other um, person who might have had a bit of an impact on you was the producer of this record behind me. I'm not sure if you can see it. Um, I, I, as soon as you came on the call, I was actually going to point that out. I was like, oh, it's got a Justified Vinyl, which is my favorite album of all time, like ever. Cool. I'm glad I my source was correct then. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I wasn't sure if you just put that there for me to notice, but I was like, oh, yes, I, I, love, I love Justified so much. <laughs> it is an incredible album, incredible album. Um, and and this is not to, to take anything away from uh, Justin himself, but I think that the production was like on this record that you were really drawn to as well, like what um, Pharrell and Chad from the Neptunes were kind of doing at the time. Pharrell and Chad, to me, like, will always be the best producers of all time. I, I know that, you know, the, the, no no taken away from, like, Quincy Jones or, like, any of the amazing other people that came before them, but that was just what I grew up on. So for other people's Quincy Jones, who were born in the 70s and 80s, for example, like, Pharrell's my Quincy Jones. Pharrell and Chad, like, the Neptunes together. Um, 
everything they ever made was just always like instantly recognizable, always catchy, had really beautiful chords, really amazing bridges, uh, catchy lyrics. The drums were always really percussive and like very characteristic, uh, had very strong characteristics. And even sometimes when they went like super minimal, like the song might have only just been drums, like you even still knew that it was them. Um, Justified when I heard that for the first time I remember when like Like I Love You was on MTV Like 60 times a day Like every day for like a year <laughs> um, And Rocky Buddy And I was always just like It's crazy how I can tell these two songs Produced by the same people But yet they sound so different Yet they sound so similar And I don't know what it is And then I remember when NERD came out And I always used to remember sitting there as a kid Saying like Oh, this guy from NERD looks like that Pharrell dude who's always in like Justin Timberlake's music videos. Like, no, they look the same. Like, maybe they're brothers. And then I found out that Pharrell was like the same guy in both bands and Chad. And I actually never knew that when I was little. I thought they were like two separate people that just looked alike. And then when NERD came out, and I was like, oh, you guys can now go make like a completely different thing to the Neptunes and still kind of keep it very similar, but also very, very unique on its own. Um, that's just amazing to me like how you can just do everything that they can make hip-hop r&b they can make a rock band they can make well pharrell can make the the soundtrack to like despicable me or like all of these kind of things like that's just insane to me it is um an incredible talent i feel like yeah the early two early to mid 2000s is like then almost most of like the top 10 for like five to six years were all neptune like songs like um as you said, the drums, the drums, I think was the most distinctive part of any of their songs. You could always tell that it was a Neptune's track by, um, by the drums. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with that. <laughs> um, Rom usually would ask, I guess, what they're currently listening to. Is there anything uh, at the moment that's really kind of taken your fancy? Um, so for anybody that knows me, I am also a massive Tyler, the creator fan, obviously somebody who's is kind of like a birth child of Pharrell also, um, which you can kind of hear in his music But Tyler the Creator's newest album uh, Call Me If You Get Lost I really, really do love that album um, What else have I been listening to? Sonic's new album is coming out Is it? Is it already out now? I'm not even sure But like, I know their new single came out last week And that was very, very fire I think it's out today I think it's, yeah Damn, Well, I've got something new to listen to today then, <laughs> So I, I will definitely recommend them that, I'm sure Um... What else has there been? This one's like really, really random because the kind of music that I make and I listen to, this one always throws a lot of people off. But I'm a massive like Griselda fan. Um, like, you know, like Benny the Butcher, Conway the Machine, West Side Gun. Um, I know their music's like kind of like aggressive, like really kind of like, you know, talking about doing stuff in the 80s. But I'm kind of like, there's just something about it. It just sounds really cool. <laughs> and I've just always been into that their music since they came out. Um, so they dropped new projects this year, which are really, really fire as well. Uh, other than that, I've just been like going around listening to like a lot of music in Korea. Um, like there's this artist called Summer Soul who I'll, I'll start to work with. She dropped an EP uh, recently, and her music sounds really, really cool. She's got a really unique voice, and I think she sounds really cool. Uh, my friend Kay Faraway, who was on the second track of my album, he dropped his first debut like full length project this year, and. Um, I, I produced the whole thing, but I think for him, it was just really cool to see him come out of his comfort zone, and that makes me really proud of it. So I was really happy to listen to that 
like quite a few times. Um, what else is there? There has been more. <laughs> There's been so much music. I can't even like really just pick one out at the moment. But I've been just listening to like so many things. Oh, another Korean artist called EXN who dropped her her first EP uh, like sometime around May or June. Uh, sitting like five or six tracks, but very, very unique voice. I think she's going to have an amazing future. Um, I feel like she's already starting to kind of blow up quite a lot, but her EP was mm, very, very unique. <laughs> I, I feel like it was definitely different coming out of Korea, especially like from somebody that's really new. Uh, so that's really cool. Uh, yeah. I think they're all very solid choices. I like the, um, it's a good mix as well. I think you, like you had some Tyler, so a little bit more, Flight tires Tyler is almost unclassifiable these days. It used to be like Odd Future was very aggressive hip hop, um, but yeah. over the years is kind of like um, has well, yeah. What's it like Yonkers to like what he's doing now? Vastly different, but oh, very, still very. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Rum. Thank you very much for coming on to the podcast. I do appreciate it, and uh, congratulations again on Please Reconnect Controller. Yeah, thank you so much. And that's our show. A massive thank you to Romdeful for his time. Please Reconnect Controller is out now and we've left links in the show notes if you'd like to stream the record. We also want to give a huge shout out to Emma and August at Here for Good Agency for helping out with today's interview. You can find a link to our Spotify playlist in the show notes where you'll be able to listen to all of our guests' picks. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Thursday and Friday morning with guest playlists streaming on Spotify at the same time. You can follow the playlist profile on Spotify. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Until next week, cheers. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 